Good morning, church. 
Welcome back to our building. It is a fantastic day to worship our Lord. Um, this morning, as we're going to kind of keep basically the same format we've had outside, we'll have two songs up front, and Pastor Scott will bring uh, the word after that. But we would encourage you just to stay seated during the singing uh, portion and just worship the Lord from right where you sit. And uh, as we negotiate through the weeks here and see what uh, God has in store for us, and hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be back to our normal. But it's great to see everybody's faces and not windshields for once. Um, <laughs> before we start our singing this morning, let's open in a word of prayer, can we? Our Heavenly Father, God, we are so grateful, Lord, as your people to once again be gathered together in your name, Lord, for the sake of lifting you up and setting our focused attention on you. Father, we are grateful for your provision for us as your children, for your protection of us from sickness and illness and Lord, just the world that surrounds us. Lord, we as your children have gathered together to bring you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we pray that our praise this morning would be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen.
Father, thank you again, Lord, for the gorgeous day you've given us, Lord, for the opportunity to sing your praise this morning. Lord, may our hearts be right before you. May we be hungry for your word. Would you, Lord, speak through Pastor Scott this morning as he presents your word to us. May we hear your voice and, uh, Lord, learn at your feet. In Christ's name, amen. It is very, very encouraging to my soul to hear this room filled with the singing this morning. Not because of the music, but because of... Uh, there's been many days I've been in this sanctuary over the last several weeks, months, and it's been very, very quiet. And it kind of hit me that this was the first time we've all come together, got focused on something bigger than us. And here this room filled with music is a, a blessing to our soul. I've noticed many of uh, you have came in this morning rather emotional. Sometimes you don't know what you what you have until it's gone or it's missed. Amen. And uh, today we want to say welcome. This is our first effort at meeting inside as a collective body of believers. We have about seven to ten cars that are uh, out right outside our parking lot. Uh, with the drive-in service so they are hearing us uh, audio only obviously they can't see us so I will give them a chance now to give an amen with a honk so uh, that would be Barb I saw Ponders I saw Karen this is your chance to amen with a honk now be quiet and honk nothing so oh, Dan said we got something we got something so <laughs> And uh, the other thing I would mention is that uh, we are in this room. This rarely happens like this. We are in this room as a church family, a body of believers, all ages. The, the kids, the children, we don't have any other ministries uh, this specific hour. And we're together like this. And, you know, uh, we think a lot of times that a church can't function without this ministry, that ministry, that ministry. And the truth of the matter is we're going to look at the purpose of the church here today by, and when we open the word. But if you go back um, about, oh, I don't know, I'm guessing 100, maybe a little bit more than that, you didn't have separate ministries anyways. Uh, you, you we, uh, they all met as a church body around the word and around the things of God. That was just 100 plus years ago. Well, Jewel remembers he was there. But... <laughs> Uh, it's important for us to value today. Can I ask you to do me a favor right now? Just take a deep breath and let it out slowly. It feels good to be here, doesn't it? It feels good um, because uh, of, of the very point, the apex of what we want to understand today from God's word. I'm going to give you four points. We're going to talk about the purpose of the church. I'm going to share four points straight from the Bible. But I want to put an emphasis on one today. And the word is fellowship. That's the word I want us to put an emphasis on today. So I'm going to, be, I'm going to read an introduction here. And then I'll tell you a story about the introduction. And here's the introduction to today. 
What's so important about your local church? We have more Bible teaching than any time in history via the radio, television, satellites, your devices, YouTube, on and on. And when in doubt, I saw a shirt that said there's an app for that. That's all the shirt said, because there's an app for everything. So, um, Internet, YouTube, we have more accessibility to the things of God, also to misinformation about God, but the things of God, does it matter how and where you are taking in God's truth? Now, ponder that for a moment. Does it matter where and how you're taking in God's truth? I mean, the benefit of today, where we get to meet together like this, I was back there, Pastor Rick, we uh, is, were Facebook Live this morning, by the way. We will be Facebook Live now until the rapture happens. Uh, that's this, the, it's where we are. And uh, Pastor Rick, how many people are watching this morning? There's 23 at least devices. That doesn't always equal people. So we are blessed to have these things. Those these things are not evil in and of themselves. That is not the point. The question I want you to ponder is, does it matter how and where you take in God's word? What's wrong with virtual web based congregational meetings for the digital age? Why can't you worship from the sanctuary of your smartphone? The answer, that is not the means God designed and decreed for his people to worship him. Those things aren't wrong. Those things aren't evil. But that's not the means that God designed and decreed for his people to worship him. We have not, underline not, been called to an individualistic religion. Shaped and defined by personal interests and taste. That is an introduction for today. Here's what's um, unique about that introduction. I wrote that about a year ago. Now, I had no idea. Um, several times I'll write things down. Uh, those of you that know me, you know that I live by my yellow pad. Everything's done on my... Like some people have iPads, I have a yellow pad. That's that my lives. I have sections of legal yellow pads. One's for money, one's for, so on and on. And I came across this one a couple, I think it was two weeks ago. And I had started this message and kind of just tabled it for a while. And I came across it and I thought, wow, look at how fitting that is for us today. Okay. I'm going to share a portion of scripture that emphasizes the opening uh, statement there. And it's uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, you will know this verse. That's not the point. is isn't to, to show you a verse that you do not know. The, the goal of today is to call to remembrance the things that you do know that we need to be doing, applying, and obeying. Following. God's design and plan is way bigger. Hello. God's design and plan is way bigger than all the things we have mentioned before. Believe it or not, God's 
plan and design is bigger than Facebook Live. It's bigger than YouTube. God's plan and design. How do we know that? Because it was first. It was ordained. And you're going to see it right here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And then verse 25. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love. And good works. Not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Did verse 25 rattle you, or did it make you appreciate what we're able to do this morning? Now, uh, to help with all that we have going on, we talked about uh, the people, and we're trying to uh, work this out. And we said we're all going to be in together. Pastor Rick, get some coloring pages. And I want to remind you that it's for the children. Gary Coffee, what do you? Okay, I make sure you weren't coloring. So uh, it's for the children. Uh, but the the God's design for us being together, verse twenty four, is to consider one another to stir up love and good works. How do we do that? Look what he says in verse twenty five: by being together. Is it possible to be together on Facebook live? Yeah, kind of, sort of. We did it. I like it. It's fun. I love Wednesday night and what we're doing. It's different. It's fun. It's, um, it's, it's a novelty. But at the same time, it's a step in that direction. But we're here today. We're getting closer, aren't we? Now, we want to be very cautious of that. We won't want to be uh, uh, ignorant to the things of, of what's going on in our pandemic but at the same time we want to uh, as we can safely pursue the things of god pursue the things of god um he says as is the manner of some in other words people were blowing off the fact that you can meet to, that they were meeting together now i want to take them this is still the introduction i i want to share this with you what was going on here they were meeting some of the pockets and i'm gonna use that term Pockets of churches throughout this area and region, they were part of the dispersed, they were separated. Some, they, they were meeting faithfully and consistently. Some were meeting daily. Imagine that, being in God's word daily. What a novel idea. And, and they, they were coming together and some were starting to just to blow it off. Blow off the fact that we consider one another and stir up love and good works. They're starting to blow it off. Blowing off the fact that I can don't need too much. You know, too much of anything's not good, Pastor Scott. Well, they were starting to blow it off. Or perhaps they were starting to get too comfortable. Can I tell you, it is, uh, there is a, uh, a, a trap door to what we've been doing for the past several months and weeks. And it's getting complacent. Man, it's kind of nice. Um, you know, not having to um, prepare for ministry. It's been kind of nice maybe not having to, if we're going to drive in, you know, I can wear my sleepers. Nobody will ever know. In fact, some people never got their, their slippers off in the whole month. Uh, uh, it's kind of nice. And, and I can just check in. 
The second day that we had service online, now we wasn't doing it live, we recorded them on Thursday, and we were airing them on Sunday morning. The second service, I came up here early, I came home, we got it on, on TV, and we started to watch, and uh, I had, of course, had preached it Thursday, so I, had, I knew where I was going with, I knew how it ended, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and poor Pastor Rick, he would come up here on Thursday and film it, he would spend all day editing and adding things on Friday. So by the time Sunday hit, he's like, I've already heard you three times before Sunday morning even hits, man. But you know what I found myself doing? This is the second Sunday we were doing this. This is going back to what, March or whatever. And we barely got started. Andrew, I think had, we'd done a song or something and... I said, while, I'm, while we're, we're emphasizing the focus of being on him, I got up and went to the kitchen and grabbed some chips. 10.30 in the morning, and now I'm tossing back some chips. And I would get distracted. Man, the chips are salty. I need something to drink. So I would go, and I, after that day, I realized, we, I got to do this different. My heart was not prepared. I did not prepare myself for the things of God. I know that we talked about this with another family. He says, no, I'm gonna, my family, we're going to dress like we're coming to church. We're going to get around the, the TV and then we're going to worship the Lord. Why? It's, right? it's a mindset. You can become very complacent in this age that we're in here together. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but loving on one another takes a little bit of work. And that's okay. It takes work. It takes effort. All right. So um, now that was all the introduction. And don't fear. I'm not taking this extra time to, to, to belabor the fact that we're here together. together. I want to make four very direct points, simple points on the purpose statement of the church. This is the church's purpose statement. And it's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts 2, 42 and after this verse, we will launch into those, or because of this verse, we will launch into those four points. I love this. Many times um, we, we don't know how to approach church. There's so many churches out there, churches in name. Um, we, we don't know how to approach and we see who's doing what and what seems to be gaining people's attention and, and all these things. But here, the church isn't ours. We're the bride of Christ. We belong to him. And he's given us our purpose statement. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. There it was. One verse, your four points of our purpose statement. You know, verse 42 where it starts, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued. To continue something means you had to have start. You have to have a starting point before you can continue. What is the apostles' doctrine? Well, then it wasn't just that these guys got together and said, here's our doctrine, now listen to it. No, this was the Holy Spirit, right? How do we get the Word of God? He moved through men. The Holy Spirit, and he, he, now he used their person, he allowed them to use their personalities as the Word of God was proclaimed and then written. And these men were those that were teaching the doctrine 
It wasn't just the apostles' doctrine. They were teaching the doctrine the directly from the mouth of God. And they were teaching Christ. They were teaching him the way the Immaculate Conception. They were teaching him that he, he came as the Messiah that linked man back to their creator. That's the apostles' doctrine. Number one, what's our purpose statement? Teaching biblical doctrine. Teaching the Bible. The feedback that I have had, because uh, when the thing about Facebook Live, you never know who's watching it. You don't have a clue. And it makes you a little bit more like, Ooh, what did I just say and how did I say it? Right? It makes you a little bit more guarded at first and then eventually you realize, you know, this isn't me trying to sell anything. This is the word of God. So all we got to do is teach it and, and let it go. But yeah, I can tell you feedback that I've gotten from people all over. That thank you just for teaching the Bible. Just the Bible. Imagine that. This outdated, old, dusty book is still being appreciated today. I pray that this word of God strikes a match in the darkness of our world right now. We teach the Bible. Now, I had, um, I could, I could, a lot of time on this point i'm not going to over the last several years i've shared that the purpose of our church is bible doctrine point number two more bible doctrine right it's bible 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 why because it is the word of life but i do want you considering this point of teaching bible doctrine uh to turn to ephesians chapter four ephesians chapter four i noticed uh many of you brought your bibles today that's Great to see. I love the sound of pages turning. Hopefully you can hear that at home. Or if you have it in your laps, Ephesians chapter 4, 14, and we have it up on the screens. Ephesians 4, 14 reads like this, that he should no longer be, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What is he referring to here? Again, I'm only using one verse. There is a plethora of verses. The, the whole Bible is talking about the importance of his word. But what that one verse I want you to pull away from is this, that the purpose of the church, verse 12, is for the equipping of the saints. That is it's to equip you. It's to mature you, to get you ready, and if you allow me to use this terminology, to get you ready for battle. You may think, I don't want to be in no battle, I don't want to fight no battle, I don't want to do all that. No, you're, you're in it anyways. You're in it. You're in a battle for truth, you're in a battle for life, you're in a battle for... Listen, the devil's out there, we wrestle against... We're going to talk about that in a second. But the... The point is, we are in a fight that we should no longer be, be children, look at this, tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. In other words, we need to be grounded. Right now, there is a lot of misinformation in our world. You, you can't tell what the truth from fiction. You, you don't know who to trust. It's always about the credibility of your source what it comes down to and 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 how do you explain i've thought about this i don't have young children right now um actually 
well, whatever. But uh, I, how are you explaining everything that's going on in just our country alone right now? How are you explaining that to your children? Carl and I have talked about it. How, boy, that's challenging. Can I encourage you to do one thing? Keep the relationship close. Keep the relationship close. As you, as you navigate through life and you're sharing with your children, your grandchildren, the things that are going on in our world, because what you're going to see is does it match up with the things in the world? He has answers for us. But we need to be careful that we, even as adults, always check your sources. So-and-so said, this said, that said. What does the Bible say? If you believe everything that you're going to read, start with your Bible. Wasn't that a good one? And to tell you where I got that from, my niece in Tennessee sent me this on a post. And she goes, look, Uncle Scott, you, all you're doing every week is stealing my lines. I, she, I'm feeding you information. I'm feeding you all these little funny things. and You're getting the credit for them. So uh, I just gave up my source. But the true, I love that statement. If you're going to believe everything you read, just start right here. Let's start here. Check the source. Who's the source? Oh boy, how about the Holy Spirit? Verse 14, we should no longer uh, be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men, by the way. How many of you know that uh, even under the name of God, under the name of God, there has been manipulation there has been uh, an attempt to move and control people, but it's not from God, but it's under his name. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plots. The context is maturity found in Christ here in Ephesians 4. How do we know Christ? The word. That's how you know Christ. This church must teach Bible to be grounded in the faith. The believer must learn discernment. That's how you navigate through these times. That's how we navigate through our life. We have to learn discernment. Turn with me to uh, Proverbs. No, we'll look at it on the screen. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 6. Proverbs 14, verse 6. I read this verse two days ago in another translation, and they actually used the word discernment or discerning it says a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it a scoffer somebody who is is doesn't really um uh want what they think they're seeking a scoffer they they, they ignore a scoffer seeks wisdom but you can't find it but knowledge is easy to him who has discernment pray that the lord as a believer, would give you the ability to be discerning. To know fact from fiction. To know faith from fiction. Pray that he would. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21-22 echo the same thought. The believer must learn discernment. So Bible teaching is our purpose statement. In our purpose statement, Bible teaching. Number two, a place of fellowship not social gatherings. Go back to your acts. You can keep your finger there in acts, by the way. That is where we're hunkered down here for the next few moments. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's 
the word and fellowship. Now listen, I want to I want to ring this bell really really loud here. A place of fellowship is the purpose of the church, not a place of social gathering. Big difference. Big difference. What is the difference? That's what what in fact that's what makes today so special. You have longed for fellowship. What is fellowship? Here's the $40 definition. Bible definition. Mutually beneficial relationship between Christians. You can't have the ident uh, identical relationship with those outside the faith. So it is a mutually beneficial relationship that God has put you in and has equipped you through his spirit and has empowered you through his spirit between Christians. You can't have the, the identical relationship with those outside the faith. Man, there's some great clubs to be a part of. No matter what your thing is, whatever your niche is, there's some great things you can do with other people. Socially, social clubs, uh, not that they're wrong, but they're not the church is the point. They're, they're not the genuine church. You may think, well, pastor, that's an old-timey message. It's just an old-timey message, man. There, I've, I've heard people say that uh, you know, I've experienced God out in the woods. That is great, but that's not the church. I've experienced God when I'm out on the lake. That's, it's his creation. That's beautiful, but that's not the church. He has called us to assemble together for a purpose, and one of those purposes is fellowship. Whether you like it or not, you need each other. Whether you like each other or not, God says you need each other. God has enabled this relationship by his grace. Keep your finger in Acts. Turn to John chapter 17, verse 23. We'll look at one verse here. John 17, 23. John 17, 23, this whole section here is Jesus prays for himself. He's praying for his disciple. He's praying for all believers. His prayer is the context. The real Lord's prayer is John 17. But look in verse 23. Jesus says, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. I was telling Carla as I was preparing for this message, you know, this, I only have a page and a half of notes because sometimes the Bible's so plain that you can't miss it. I don't have to reread it, restate it, reword it. Just listen to what Christ is saying there. I in them. Is Christ in you today? If he's in you, watch what happens. I in them and you in me. We belong to him that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but there's been some signs floating around our church. You are loved. You are loved. And it has blessed me to uh, 
so Pastor Roger, myself, Pastor Rick, we kind of devised the plan and divided out of how we're going to make sure every household had one of these signs. That was our plan. And um, it has been a blessing to drive all over. You people live all over the place, by the way. We are spread out. And it took us days for me just to do my list. But it has been a blessing to do that, to, to be there and to um, uh, pray over almost every household and every sign uh, as we were doing it. But sometimes I still drive by and I'll see one of those signs. Uh, I, uh, I can't remember whose house it was. Um, it was Debbie Grandstaff's who it was. I, was. I was like, ooh, she's on my list. And Pastor Rick had already been there. And when I saw, I drove past and I saw that sign. Oh, it, it, it just stirred and moved within me. And now I'm hearing how many people, like your neighborhoods, like, man, people get comments on these signs. And um, I've heard everything from, Pastor, do you want the sign back? Like, nope, it's your sign. You can do with it whatever you want. If you don't know what to do with it, you can bring it back. That's fine. But it's your sign. I went by some houses. And they've already taken them down. But I've also, at, uh, doing the, the sign, I'm hearing the feedback of their neighbors going, hey, where did you get that sign? That is great that a church would do that. What Christ is, is referring to here, and again, there is a lot of scripture on this, is being one-souled. Esteeming the other ahead of yourself. Being, being of one mind, one soul. Bible teaching. A place of fellowship. Number three, the breaking of bread. If you look at our Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the word fellowship. That's the community. And in the breaking of bread. In the breaking of bread. Now that is referring to the Lord's table. Is what it's referring to. It's not referring to, hey, yeah, let's do that life point with food thing. I love that. It's not what it's referring to. It's referring to the breaking, it's referring to communion. The ultimate in fellowship. Why is that the ultimate in fellowship? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We really go over this uh, pretty thoroughly every time we do the table. First Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty six. The statement I just made was the ultimate in fellowship is when we gather around the Lord's table. I'm going to answer. I'm going to show you why in a moment. For in verse twenty three, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord was on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the, cu is, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. How can I, how do I have the ability to say that the Lord's table, when we gather around the Lord's table, is the ultimate in fellowship? Three ways. Number one, opening yourself 
voluntarily, you're laying your, your heart, your soul wide open for the Holy Spirit to examine you. If you will look down in verse 27 and 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy man, he will be guilty of the body and the blood of Christ. Let but let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Well, that verse is saying, examine yourself. Here's the problem. We'll lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves all the time. Our heart is wicked. Who can know it? We can't even know our own heart. But as a believer, when you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, he perfectly convicts. By the way, he also perfectly edifies. He, per he perfectly works out the fruit of the Spirit, but He also works and points out the things in your life that are ungodly, that are sinful, maybe even tempting, not healthy, not good. And what are we to do with those things? We're to confess them as unto the Lord. Why? He's the only one that can do anything about it. Jesus Christ is the only one that can do anything about these things in our life. So first, we open ourselves voluntarily for the Holy Spirit to examine our heart. Two, your opportunity to make it right with God and each other. We're to always make it right with God. As these things are pointed out, we're to make it right with each other. At the most convenient, uh, earliest time, I should say. The third reason I can say that the breaking of bread, the Lord's table, is the ultimate in fellowship is because once we're cleansed, this is my favorite part of the Lord's table. This is my favorite part. Once we've passed the elements, once we've, we, we, we've done all that, we've, we've opened ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, we've thought about the blood and the body of Christ, not to be blood mongers. Why are we thinking about it? Because that's what it took to get us connected to our Creator. And we want to show that love, that appreciation of His grace upon our lives, His mercy upon our lives, His substitutionary sacrifice that He did not have to do for you. He laid His life down. Willingly. The Father gave His Son. Willingly. Once we do that as the Lord's table, His church, we should be the most unified why? Because we will have yielded our collective wills for Him to take up full residence in our life. There's no downside to that. Some would say, yeah, there is. It's boring. It's slow. I would say you're just not in tune. You're just not tuned in. You're not tuned in to what the Scripture says. You're not tuned in or you're not here. You, you need to be tuned in to what the Lord is doing. It's interesting, over the years we've asked different children, actually they're adults now, but we've asked, hey, what is the Lord's Supper? And I don't want to say the name because I might have the, the, the person wrong, but the one, um, they just knew that it's a time when you sit in a pew and you don't move, you're frozen. Because the parents taught them to be respectful, right? And, and uh, we've heard everything from, and then you eat a, a funny tasting little thing and they don't give you enough to drink. We've heard, we, I mean, it's just interesting what perception is, what we want it to be, and what it is. The Lord's table should be a very reverent time. But can I tell you another element that we don't do here because I don't know how to do it? Man, it's a celebration time. 
It's a time to celebrate what Christ did for you and for me and for us. Oh, it's a celebration time as well. That's my favorite time is when we're done and we sing at him. Because in my mind, in my heart, this is the best effort that we got, God, that we're all pure before you. Not by our own works, but only because of you pointing these things out. Christ, you taking our sin far away, making us in fellowship. Looking back at the Acts chapter 2, I want to share the fourth point of the purpose of the church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Say prayers. prayers. And in prayers. Praying. There are many commands, many principles on prayer. Uh, two years ago was our year of prayer. No, it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, year of prayer. And we learned a lot over that year, what the Bible says and how to do it and when to do it. And we started looking at different models and all these things until halfway through the year, I realized, wait a minute, we are doing it. Right? The best way to learn to pray is by praying. Because you're in, now the Holy Spirit is involved. But today, I want to point out the specific thing I want to point out about prayer. There's intercessory prayer. There's prayer of thanksgiving. There's prayer of praise. The Bible's a real book. Gives us a lot of, a lot of reasons, a lot of area to cover when it, concerning prayer. I think that's why Paul said just pray without ceasing. I don't think he said it like, blah. But I think he said it like, there's never a bad time, a wrong time, or improper time. Because we need communication with him. But today I want to put a spotlight on, on one element. Just one element about prayer. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. We have an enemy. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I know this is not a popular thought in our culture today. We have an enemy. Especially right now when we're thinking, like, can't we all just get along, right? Can't we go back to normal, whatever that was? And um, the, the truth of the matter is, especially as a believer, you are in a spiritual battle. You have an enemy. And here's the proof. Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 12, look how it reads. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen, Christian, you are in a battle. Your kids, your children are in a battle if they proclaim Christ. You may think, wait, I don't want my kid. I want to protect my child. Yes. But the devil doesn't play fair, does he? He don't, he don't care about what you want. He don't care about your children. He, don't, he, he does not care. We are in a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual battle. We have an enemy. Here, That's just one verse. Listen, and, and pot shot at these verses that is, is not enough for me to explain or get you to see how dangerous the enemy is. 
how dangerous evil is. We're starting to see it on display a little bit in our world, perhaps. But it's, it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous enemy. But greater is he who is in him than he who is in the world. Look in verse 18, Ephesians 6, verse 18. And he's, this is known as the armor of God, put on the whole armor of God. But look in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Look at what he said there. We have a weapon and that weapon is prayer. It goes where you go. It's not a weapon that you have to worry about. You don't have to conceal it. You don't have to worry about, I left it in, at home. I left it somewhere else. Your weapon goes where you go. Can go where you go. Look at what he says in verse 18. Praying always. Say always. We always. That's the frequency. We have the availability. Now when I say prayer, please don't get in this in mind. That praying is, well I have to be real quiet. And have to be in a spot. I have to, it has to be, I have to have my coffee. I have to sit on the back patio. I have to wait. And that, that's when prayer can, or I have to wait till I get to church. I got to wait till things are just right. Those are good times. But it's not the only time. Pray always. Sometimes when it's most chaotic, it's your best time to pray. But don't also don't think prayer is always me doing all the talking. Listen, you've talked enough for the last three months. It's not me doing all the talking. Get alone with God. Get with others and say, let's, let's, let's pray about these things together. And now let's be quiet together and think about the things of God. But there's other times you've got to suit up. You've got to suit up. The enemy's at your door and we're sitting on the couch. Pray always. That's the frequency. We have that availability. But remember, praying isn't giving a list of demands. It's, it's, it's checking in for duty. Lord, what do you have for me today to do? Who do you want me to be? He'll show you. He will guide. He will point these things out. He also says in verse 18, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. In the spirit, it means, or is referring to a submission to the will of the Holy Spirit. It's not waiting for the Holy Spirit to, to magically or mystically work in you. Praying in the spirit, it's submitting to the will of the Holy Spirit, more specifically to the will of God. Don't pray against the will of God. You know, when you're sitting there praying for a new truck because it's God wills it, God's going, you're so not in my will right now. You're praying this thing for the whole wrong reason. We pray in the spirit. That means submitted to his will. The second or the third is this being watchful. That's the manner. That means intensely. If you had an enemy at your doorstep, you would not be sitting on the couch. I don't think with your feet up, eating chips, watching whatever you want to watch. The enemies at the door, they want to come in and do you harm. That is another element of prayer that we need to keep at the forefront of our mind. Be watchful intensely. And the last point of that is all perseverance. That means with a whole lot of want to. You got to want to. Now, if we'll be honest, there's times in our life 
when we don't want to. Now, I'm not allowed to, so I'm not supposed to say that as a pastor. There's times when pastor doesn't want to read his Bible, doesn't want to spend the time doing the spiritual disciplines in my life of praying. There's times when I don't want to. There's times when I have to make myself do it. Why? Not because I don't want to, because it's just right to do. But that's part of want to. There's been people that have costed their lives so that we can have the availability of this today. They longing for the word over the centuries. Longing to get the word in people's hands. Longing for it themselves. A whole lot of want to. I've seen people do things over the last three months that they typically would not have done only because they wanted to. With all perseverance. That means really, here's my prayer. Lord, I want to want to desire you. Notice what I just did right there. In my own hillbilly way, that, that's my prayer all the time to God. It's not, Lord, I want you today. I don't always desire and pursue and seek him today. My prayer is, Lord, I want to want you. Give me the desire. Stir in my heart to desire you to get me to pursue you. Because we're, to be more frank, we're lazy people. We want things normal. You know why? Because normal is trouble-free. I want normal. Although some of your lives, even prior to this, was not normal to me. It's craziness, right? Under the point of prayer, I want us to do this. I'm calling our church to action. I'm calling those on Facebook Live to action. Tuesday. I was going to do it for Monday, and I decided to make it Tuesday. That way, you're going to have to write this down. Put it in your calendar to make the effort to do this. I'm asking our church body on Tuesday, if you can, to come to our facility anytime during the day. I, I probably won't even be here. Anytime during the day, the gates will be open. I usually open the gates no later than 9 o'clock in the morning. Usually no... Uh, and I shut them at night. But that Tuesday, they'll be open all day in, into the night anyways. I'm calling our church to make Tuesday a day of prayer. But I'm asking you to come here to do it. You may think, well, pastor, I can, you said I can pray anywhere. Pray without ceasing. Why do I got to come here? The Bible doesn't say I have to come here to pray. I know. Do it anyways. There's something special about the, the, this building, this land that we've been blessed with. I'm asking you to come to pray in our parking lot, sit in your car. It could be 9 in the morning. It could be 8 o'clock at night. Doesn't matter to me. But I want us to be unified in prayer. And the prayer I want us to pray is that the witness of Jesus Christ would be strong in our nation right now. Make that effort to drive here. And if you would, if you would do that, send me a text saying, Hey, Pastor, I was at church today praying for our nation. Put it on your Facebook, whatever. Just let it be known that you have made that concerted effort for the purpose of praying for that witness will be strong in our nation.
I had intended to go to one more scripture, but our time is, is well spent. We, the church, are to be about being Christians. That means Christ-like. That means being God's hands, being his feet, being his mouth, doing the things Jesus would do if he were here physically on the earth himself. Because he is through us. Okay? So we are to be Christ-like, doing the things that Christ would do if he were here. We're to be his hands, his feet, his mouth. We're to let our love be the example of the scripture. Be the proof of the scripture. As if he were here himself. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? Dear Lord, we love you today. We are so grateful that you have allowed us to be in this building. We do not want to take that for granted. There's been a lot of work behind the scenes. So that we can be focused on you. Focused on you. Thank you for this church body. Their faithfulness. The, founda the foundation of Cross Point Baptist Church is strong. Strong because it's built on your word. And these people are living that word. It's, it's simple and strong. Thank you for the number that's here today. And those that are here through other means. Lord, we are just grateful to be in this building. Again, may you be honored. May we pick up the banner. We think about the purpose of the church. Of your word. Of the fellowship. Our spirits bearing witness with each other. When the times that we're able to be able to have communion once again. And for the purpose of praying. Lord, have us to live these things out. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We will not be having uh, a time of prayer by way of an altar. Uh, sometimes we do an invitation. We're not going to be doing that for a while. But we are going to be dismissed a little differently today. If you've read on uh, the letter that Pastor Roger wrote, we are uh, going to have the ushers kind of dismissed from the back. We ask that you get out uh, into the parking lot if you want to see each other. It's a beautiful day out there so far, but I heard the heat's coming. So uh, as um, I'm going to get out there and meet you as you're driving out, but uh, the ushers will be dismissing you from the back forward. So if you wait till an usher comes to your row to be dismissed, that would be great. And has it been good to be in God's house today? With God's people? Uh, that wasn't as strong. But church, you are dismissed as the ushers dismiss you.